1: Hey everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by WinBet as our exclusive sponsor all fall. Uh, we are excited to have them on board. Uh, I'm Jeff Erickson. We are here with Kevin Masarejian. He is the Roto-Surgeon on Twitter, at Roto-Surgeon. You can get him on the operating room weekly. You can get him at Rotoballer and the Game Day NFL. Kevin, what's going on? How are you doing?
2: Jeff, uh, I'm doing well. It's uh, early in the morning, but we're raring to go. We got fantasy football non-stop, so i'm excited thank you for having me on
1: absolutely glad to have you on and uh you know hey i I gotta get started early out here on the west coast got a lot of stuff going on but uh appreciate you uh getting up going and that means we'll get more exposure because we'll get that posted quicker too so got that going for us here uh busy week 13 four teams on by uh lots of injuries to top running backs i think that's where we got to start you know dealing with Dalvin cook christian mccaffrey deandre swift it's a tough week for running backs
2: Oh yeah. So um Dalvin Cook's allegedly out at least two weeks. Uh so M- Madison, if you were holding on to Madison, you're pretty much money right there. Uh CMC, we got that. He's out for the season. It's it's pretty brutal right now.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and you know, the thing is looking at the, the that situation, you got Mike Zimmer talking, well, he's day to day. It's not a torn labrum. Everyone, oh, it's a torn labrum, it's one to three weeks, you know. Uh, you know, others, you know, it could be a, a while, so we'll see. Um I always, you know, I, I've seen this as a four to six week injury for other players in the past. Now, granted, he's not throwing the ball, so it's a little different. But still, uh, was something to watch for there. And you know, the fact it was so painful, he had to be carted off. You know, I, I'm and it's a great matchup this week too against Detroit. So uh, I'm I'm really big on Madison this week in my top five among running backs.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, this is a recurring thing for Cook at this point, point. and I've been kind of like hinting at he's probably not a first rounder next year. The way I mean he has played two seasons of 14 games and he had the lower body issues early in his career. And then I think the shoulders stem from high school or any, or something. I right. I'm not too sure on that, but this is now I remember two years ago where it felt like, how's he ever going to take a hit again after right. those shoulder injuries? So how are you feeling on cook? Like moving forward?
1: I'm very wary. I'm wary of him and CMC both, uh, it, you know, and Camaro for that matter too. Look at what a disaster the top running backs have been this year outside of Jonathan Taylor. Uh Derrick Henry, I am I think he'll be okay next year, but still, mm-hmm. you know, it's the first crack in the armor there too. Uh I, you know, looking at, you know, I've seen some already, you know, way too soon 2022 rankings, which, Hey, it's content we have to generate, but I, I've seen it's like Taylor Henry one too. I'm not sure. I wouldn't put Adams a bit of anybody, maybe even ahead of Taylor, but maybe not, but. Uh, Mixon might be top five, might not. It's it's really tricky. I, you know, we see all these top running backs. It makes me want to think uh, maybe we should probably, uh, you know, be a little more aware of this whole running back, running back, running back.
2: I mean, it, it just comes down to upside. As much as the running backs are fragile, like we know this, mm-hmm. this is like even as someone who is staunchly heavy on running backs early on, it's because you know you're going to miss. So you have to take them knowing you're going to miss. And then the ones you do hit on, you know, if you did get Taylor, if you did get Mixon, if you did get Najee Harris, you know, they carry you and can make up for the losses of a Carson, a Montgomery, uh, a Kamara, whomever it may be. Obviously, you didn't get Taylor and Kamara on the same draft, but uh, you get the point there.
1: Yeah, you might have gotten Taylor and Eckler, especially if you drafted in that two week window where we had the Colts freak out, where we had Carson Wentz uh, hurt. We had, uh, you know, offensive line banged up for a while Taylor was even going in the second round and Eckler Eckler Taylor is a pretty winning combination right now
2: oh you you hit the nuts on that one if you got Taylor Eckler I don't think there are too many teams with that but uh, yeah definitely those late Nelson Wentz injuries that hit in I believe August really set panic to the market on top of just you know everybody freaking out over the Naheem Hines on track which ended up not mattering at all because he's barely playing or he plays but doesn't really get touches over taylor
1: right right yeah every once in a while like the jets game you see it but taylor still got his in that game that was that's the thing you know they and you you see all the uh, praise articles on taylor now and you know how the colts were all so high on him yet they still took Pittman ahead of him uh but still uh you know it's 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 kind of it's all realized now now it's oh, oh of course taylor's the guy uh but all that but it, it's it wasn't so blatantly obvious that he was going to get so such a high percentage of the uh workload there but now now we look at him now julia asks uh should king henry go ahead of cmc and cook next year
2: i think um so. i yeah i have uh okay yeah speaking of early 22 twenty twenty two 2022 rankings that are way too soon i have henry above cmc and cook uh these are projections more than they are my rankings but Mm -hmm. um i think you know i would have it that way because again you mentioned the first um crack in the armor a foot injury is serious but if he looks good in january what's what's stopping us like we've seen i think it's his body type that really makes me um believe in him sustaining his like production long term just it's that free, like, I hate to say freaking nature, but it's just the way he's built. I, I think he can last as long as he's not like tearing ligaments and, you know, breaking, like, you know, if he had like a cracked bone, it's a foot break. Isn't as worrisome, even though, you know, the foot matters. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, we've got a game Thursday night, uh, got the Saints hosting the Cowboys and got intrigue on both sides of the ball. Alvin Kamara has had two limited practices, Ingram's full practice. Uh, what's your take on what happens in that game with those two backs?
2: Oh my God. So um, I do have to make the Camara decision. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of, I don't want to say a no brainer, but like I'm looking at my depth and I'm like, who am I going to start over Alvin Camara? Marvin Jones? No Christian Kirk. No. So uh, 75 to 80% Camara is still more appealing Uh, The Dallas defense has been surprisingly very good this year. Shout out to Micah Parsons, defensive rookie of the year. Possibly defensive player of the year, the way he's playing. But uh, yeah, Dallas improved, but it might not matter because Kamara's that good. He's had a couple weeks to rest. The knee injury, I mean, you can can attest to this. That kind of came out of nowhere, no? Yeah, 100%.
1: You know, there was one local writer, uh, Nick Underhill, who was on it and kind of like sounding the alarm. The national media that first week, you know, wasn't really trumpeting that this is a big deal. In fact, like, oh, you know, he popped up out of kind of out of the blue on the injury list on a Wednesday, like, oh, he didn't practice. Oh, okay, he's held out of practice again. Oh, he's out. Oh, and then the next week he practices, then he doesn't practice. It, it, it's all over the place. So, uh, yeah, I, I did get caught off guard by that a little bit. I'm not convinced yeah. he's going to play yet. Uh, I want to see it, you know, first. But if I if he does play. I'm going to probably put on top 20. I'm a little worried about mm-hmm. Taysom Hill taking away some of his juice. Uh, that That is one thing that I worry about. And whether or not he gets a full load in his first week back.
2: Yeah. I mean, if, let's say you have to decide between Zeke and Kamara. Where are you going on that front? Because Zeke, oh, we know they wanted to give him rest. I feel right. like Jerry Jones pulled the rug up under uh, Cowboys decision makers there. Because he's like, no way is Zeke sitting in right it might be because of the contract he's like you know I paid him all that money he's gonna play I feel like it's that sort of situation and maybe he's afraid Pollard looks better and they can't play Zeke next year as much as they want I don't know like it's a little tricky no
1: it is it's it's really tricky and you know the, the way they yeah, that's come out isn't it weird all, all by the way that all the time we've got the owner that's like giving injury reports and his son giving injury reports and I understand they're they're not like non-football people but they're not like the people they hired to run the team and here they are talking like oh well he's going to have a reduced workload no he's not oh screw that um i I don't know i i think that it's uh i think it's going to be a lesser workload i I really do i think Pollard's going to get a little bit more um however i think Zeke gets the goal line carries uh Mm. for sure and i think that it's more, it's an incremental change. It's not a massive change. So say if he was going to get 17 carries, maybe he gets 13. I think it's something on that nature.
2: Yeah. It really probably comes down to the targets too, because um, this game, the saints defense, even though uh, I believe the Philly ran through them, I believe, but uh, they're still pretty staunch up front. Uh, Their run stuffing is their MO and I do, uh, I do feel like I would be a little hesitant to start Zeke this week after everything that happened. And at the end of the day, the coaches do decide the touches, even if, uh, like you said, Jerry Jones decides that he is on the field. Right. Oh, my God. That, that's the, that's the tough part right there because I feel like they don't want him out there. They don't yeah. want him touching the ball.
1: I've got him at 11 right now among running backs. Uh, I haven't ranked Camara uh, yet because I want to make sure he, you know, I'll, when I do my Thursday update, I'll make sure I have him ranked appropriately. If I know he's playing right now, I've got Ingram at 15. Uh, and if Camara plays, I'd probably put him ahead of Zeke. Yeah, it will be mm-hmm. close. It's a toss up there. I, I do think you can run against Dallas. Uh, I, you know, as Julia points out, Josh Jacobs ran pretty well against them on Thanksgiving. Uh so as good as the defense is, uh, or at least as improved, as good as Parsons is, I still think running is you, you're, you're it's capable of running against them. Uh, Denver ran well against them too, actually. Gordon and Williams both had really good yards per carry in that game. Uh, yeah. On the other, but and then of course Taysom Hill. What are you doing with Taysom Hill?
2: I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be very honest because of the way they've treated him all year. Uh, he's yeah. the starter for Week One. Jameis Winston's the actual starter, and he's he was less involved than I actually expected him in the um, in the entire mix while he was healthy because he was concussed, I believe, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that held him out. But um, then Jameis has his um, ACL injury. They go to Trevor Simeon, even though reports are they want to go to Hill because they paid him all that money. And the money, it's all fugazi. It's a, uh, a wazy. It's a woozy. It's like that money doesn't exist. Like the way they paid him, yeah. it, it's just a way to inflate the cap or uh, inflate and work their way around the cap. So he feels like a patsy, if anything, but they're clearly going to use him as a well paid patsy.
1: But yeah, well paid
2: <laughs> patsy. So, yeah, I mean, against Dallas, you said they can run. Uh, you mentioned we mentioned goal line carries with Zeke. I think Taysom takes those goal line carries because he's, I don't know, that's what he does. He's he's a vulture. So, right, you could probably throw him out there because I think they're sick of starting Trevor Simeon. But if Taysom busts or they lose big, they might go back.
1: Yeah, I put I, my rankings assume that Taysom Hill is going to start, even though they're not officially announcing it until today. Uh, you know, they, they kind of want to see how his foot reacted. Keep in mind, he was only available on an emergency basis last Thursday. So that's the other thing that's kind of weird about this situation. Kind of when you have a mobile quarterback, you know, it seems like having a good foot would be important. So something to watch there. Uh, but but we'll see about that uh, before we move on to talk about the rest of the slate. Quick note from our friends at Winbet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions. And even more so, making the right decision, just like the Saints need to make the right decision at quarterback. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, or it's actually seven states now, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all roto listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. I am here with the rotosurgeon, Kev, at rotosurgeon, Kev Masarejian. Uh, you can check him out on the operating room weekly. Um, you got a lot to talk about baseball and football right now. We could do a separate baseball podcast. In fact, we will do one. I know you had me on yours actually uh, last year for baseball. We'll do that for uh, baseball season. But man, what a crazy week.
2: Dude, I'm still kind of reeling from a couple of these deals. Uh, yeah. Javi Baez to Detroit, like that just happened recently. Robbie Ray, to the Mar the Mariners are spending. Shout out yeah. to the Mariners. um Gossman's basically the new Robbie Ray, and then Alex. The Giants are doing their usual thing with their kind of under the radar signings. They brought back Descalfani Wood. They just signed Alex Cobb. Somehow Alex Cobb's going to turn into an ace. He had a yeah. performance yep. last yep. year, but um, I mean, uh, as a Dodgers fan, I'm a little um disheartened. By the lack of big signings, but I know you know making that move for Trey Turner midseason is kind of our big offseason signing because uh, he's probably getting extended based on them not making any big moves. Um, got any? Yeah. Uh, can you give me any hope for the Dodgers here? Do you, do you see us bringing anybody in?
1: I think it's po- yeah, yeah. I, I certainly do. I, I think it's still possible. Um, and we've seen that they'll do what it takes to win, um, as opposed to my Reds who went and got a backup catcher. So uh, that's what we've done this entire offseason. We uh, traded away Buck Barnhart, whatever. That's fine. Although I I'm still a little cynical because they didn't even get a whole lot because it was more important to get rid of the money. Uh, and then they let Wade Miley go because they didn't even want to pay the one million dollar buyout. Um, <clears throat> that's that's the extent of their offseason off activity there. So uh, it, it can be worse. Trust me. Uh, you could be a, a, a team, for, a fan of a team from Ohio, and you'd be really unhappy right now. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about some of these other uh, running back situations. Okay, so this week, this is how topsy-turvy the running backs are. And this week, in the top 10, I've got Alexander Madison, Corderell Patterson, and Elijah Mitchell all in my top 10 this week. These are guys you would not have had anywhere near uh, in the top 30 when we were starting the season. And this is where we're at right now, and it's perfectly logical all, four, all three of them are in there.
2: Yeah, I mean Mitchell, I ate my words. Uh, he's incredible. I did not expect that I didn't see this coming. Uh, your boy Rotowire Mario, uh, Mario Puig, yeah, really schooled me on him earlier in the season. Like I was uh, very much on the Trey Sermon train. Eli Mitchell's clear clear cut the guy. It's obvious. I mean, we're week 13 yeah. now. You're throwing him out there regardless. Like he's like, I get start sit questions with Eli Mitchell now, and I'm just like, you're not, not starting an RB1 or a fringe RB1, if anything. And then Madison, yeah, as long as Cook's out, he's a start. Like, you don't think about it. Just set and forget. Detroit, literally don't think about it. Uh, Patterson's where it gets interesting, because we know the Tampa Bay Bucks have a great defense. And they have, more than anything, a great rush defense, which they've carried over since last year. Uh, Vita Bay is healthy. They're getting some of their cornerbacks back, which, you know, that second level, you know, you have to tackle in the second level, too. Uh, Carlton Davis might be back. I'm a little wary of Cordell Patterson this week uh, because I do think some of his value is stemmed from touchdowns. Yeah, so that's true. He's, you know, he's been used as a pass catcher. His rushing last week was r- ridiculous what he did. And this week, I'm a little wary of Cordell Patterson. Not that I'm going to bench him, but if you do have better options like a Camara, I'd start Camara over Patterson.
1: I think the more interesting question is what do you do with Patterson next season? Uh, assuming he's healthy, assuming the Falcons don't bring in another, you know, high, high level draft pick back or anything like that, any big name, and th- he's the starter or the, or the guy that, you know, is in the same position, what do you do with him? How, how late does he fall before you push, push that button?
2: That's, I, that's kind of the million dollar question here. I'm yeah. very very, um, I'm very wary of one year break, like one year wonders, mm-hmm. the talent, the talent's undeniable. I mean, we've seen it for the past decade, how good of a runner he is as a kick returner, a punt returner, or I am i think I'm blanking on which one he exactly, I think kick returner is his main role. Right. But can maybe defenses adjust? I mean, his size and speed is amazing, but maybe they're doing something that could get figured out. I don't know. Not that health's ever been an issue. I think that's like, you know, I mean, in the new role, this is his career high in touches, but are you comfortable taking him in the, third round. I, I, uh, that scares me.
1: That's the, that's the number I put out there. Uh, actually, Alan Stoslowski asked me that earlier this and I was like, yeah, probably the third round is where he goes. And I think I'm probably there for that. Obviously, you know, it's, it's one of those, I'm going to be a little mealy mouth. It's obviously depends on what I've done the first two rounds. You know, if I've taken two running backs, I probably wouldn't go there. Uh, however, if I need a back, I'm going to look at that. I, I'm, I'm going to think about taking them there. Uh, it, it's yeah. just, we need the depth there. Uh, for this week, I, I get the uh, reticence against Tampa Bay. I think they haven't been this like utterly, you know, desolate uh, in terms of like uh, run production against the last few weeks. And of course, Taylor's a special back, but uh, and he gets so much in the passing game that I think he might be okay. But I should, I might move him down a little bit. How about his opponent, Leonard Fournette? Who do you like better this week, Patterson or Fournette?
2: Oh, I think Fournette. Like, I mean, oh, it's unfair coming off the four touchdown game, right? Or I believe it was four touchdowns. It was Fournette's. Fournette's another guy. Like, there. I mean, Rojo did get some work. He he snuck in a touchdown, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, it still didn't matter. It did not matter. Fournette still produced like a, a madman. He's getting work as the short area target. Gio Bernard's an afterthought. Fournette's, yeah, he was only on
1: special teams uh, last week. Not mm-hmm. even a single offensive snap.
2: Yeah. So looking at it, you. I mean, Fournette versus Atlanta. Atlanta's defense is, you know, bad. I think that's 23rd in DVOA against the rush, 29th against the pass. It's you got to, I mean, Fournette over Patterson for me, even though Patterson's probably the better player, but Mm -hmm. the offense in general, the matchup all favoring Fournette.
1: I just love how that's come full circle uh, with Leonard Fournette. He used to be like, oh, guy, you know, obvious first round pick in the NFL. Oh, Jacksonville, he's a stud. He's a top five back. Oh, he's a problem. He's released. Uh, He, he, it, you know, blind Lenny, he can't find the hole. Next thing you know is, oh, he's the feature back again. And, you know, I used to be a Rojo stand, and now <laughs> I, I I have to admit that it's not even a battle anymore. It's Rojo is just a change of pace guy, and that's it.
2: Yeah, looking at Rojo, though, I'm buying in next year, wherever he goes, because we've seen him play well when mm-hmm. he gets that full share. Um, and he's probably going to have a little bit of deflate, deflated price, even if he's a starter. Like, I don't think he's Mike Davis next year. I think um, I don't even have a good comp for that comes to mind. But, you know, the change of scenery, he's had a rough go of it in Tampa Bay with like a rough rookie year, the on again, off again starts. But his rushing talent is very, very good. It's just Fournette's, you know, he was a top five prospect for a reason. Um, He's, you know, he hasn't lived up to that but he's still very good. So it's no shame in losing out to Leonard Fournette. It's not like yeah. he lost out to Keyshawn Vaughn. He didn't lose out to like Daria Ogunbowale. He lost to <laughs> Leonard Fournette. I, I, I. true. I think he's going to have a little bit of a mucked up name next year, but I'll be buying in. Are you comfortable like say sixth, seventh round on a new team as the lead guy?
1: Maybe. I See, There's the big drawback against Rojo is the passing game. He's got mm-hmm. stone hands and he doesn't block well. These are two kind of big, important things. So you're missing out on a lot of third downs, maybe some second downs as well. Second and long. So you're missing out on all those like little dump off passes. He gets a few of them in his direction, but he's had time and time again. He's had failures in the passing game. And I think that's actually a legit real drawback to his game.
2: Yeah, I mean, career 5.6 yards per target. That's not terrible. That's very fine, actually, for a running yeah, it's back. It's just the hands. It's just Yeah he has notable drops. That's the problem. Like he's good when he gets mm-hmm. the ball in his hands. So, right. I mean, not to say like, I mean, we saw Deontay Johnson. He improved mightily last year, to this year, one of the worst in the league in drops this year. I mean, it's been four years for Rojo now, but I think it's something given how talented he is as a receiver. I, I don't know how much the blocking might improve, but I think you can fix the drops. Like that's something maybe a different team can work out. And, Maybe. I don't know. If, I want if to buy Tom Brady him.
1: can't fix you, I, 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 I'm skeptical. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, I, I do think he has value in this league, and I think he, you know on a different team he with some playing time, yeah, I, I would have him, but I wouldn't want him as one of my top three backs. It would have to be as like, my fourth back. Yeah. Um, let's go in a couple other guys this week. Uh, Jamal Williams stepping in for DeAndre Swift. You know, Campbell said, I find it uh, difficult to believe that Swift will be able to play uh, with that shoulder injury this week. So it looks like Williams could be a, Williams could be a feature back against a San Francisco defense. I mean, a Minnesota defense that San Francisco just torched last week on the ground. Uh, and it's just a bad defense period. Minnesota, you know, it's just not a good defense at all. And so I, I like this setup for Jamal Williams. Uh, just the question is what sort of share does he get in the backfield there and how effective can they be?
2: Yeah. Looking at Jamal Williams, um, he was out snapping or outworking Deandre Swift in a couple of games earlier in the year. Um, mm-hmm. That was more so due to his grinder nature, where uh, he takes those uh, carries in uh, between the tackles. And, you know, he was the 1A, as uh, Anthony Lynn mentioned earlier in the season. So they're they're clearly comfortable using him plenty. I think it could be like a 70% to 75% share for Jamal Williams. He's going to get passing work, too. He's been used as a receiver throughout his career with Green Bay and now with uh, Detroit. Jamar Jefferson Godwin. um, I don't want to botch his last name. Igwe Buke, Northwestern Iguabuke. guy, go Iguabuke.
1: cats. All right. Yeah, there Sorry.
2: you go. Uh, I don't know how much they're going to work in. As you mentioned, Minnesota's defense, as uh, bad as they are, they're terrible against the rusher. 29th in DVOA, 10th against the pass. They've lost both their edge rushers. So no one to set the edge. Yep. I'd be very comfortable starting Jamal Williams as a top 20 back this week.
1: Yeah. I think he's a sneaky good pickup if in, in like 10 team uh, leagues, which, Hey, a lot. And the thing is, we always play in these deep leagues ourselves, but a lot of our consumers play in ten-team leagues, twelve-team leagues, Yahoo leagues with four or five-man benches. Got to realize in those leagues that's that's valuable information still. It's not captain obvious.
2: Yeah, he was on my. Uh, he was on the waiver wire in a fourteen-team league I was in because wow. he was so unproductive and hurt for yeah. a stretch of the time. But Absolutely. yeah, that's, yeah, no, definitely Jabal Williams this week. Yeah,
1: even Madison was available in 50% of Yahoo leagues when I looked at on Tuesday. So it's probably uh, ramped up quite a bit since then. But something worth noting there, just make make sure to dabble in there. Uh, Before we talk about some wide receivers, let's uh, get a quick note from our friends at Yahoo. Uh, The NFL season is heating up, and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS, as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place, receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay and prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim that free $10 offer to get started. Big thanks to our friends at Yahoo. We'll get Andy Barron from Yahoo joining us next week on this podcast. Looking forward to that. Uh, Let's, let's talk about some of the wide receivers here, Kev. There's a lot to to parse out this week. Uh, Starting with, I want to talk DK Metcalf. I've got him in a lot of leagues and it's weird to say this, but getting Russell Wilson back is killing Metcalf. I actually bring back Geno Smith. I need Geno Smith there to cut. No, but it, it's sad. But what's going on here? Is, did Wilson just come
2: back too soon? Um, that's my, uh, like, that's my guess because I'm looking at him. He's missing gimmies. He's mm-hmm. missing passes, like dump offs, not to like DJ Dallas. He made those three to five yard passes, but those. Seven to twelve yard intermediate-ish passes to like Gerald Everett. He was not air mailing, but he completely missed him. So, not to say the fingers bothering him, but he's off. There's something completely off. Uh, he had a couple of passes to uh, Tyler Lockett that you know he connected downfield, but Tyler Lockett was wide open. These were yeah. like kind of breadbasket passes where. He just kind of threw, or not bread basket, but like he threw it up in the air and it caught it. So, I mean, the passes where he had to put some velocity on the throw completely whiffed. So, yeah. um, it seems like a timing issue. The arm strength looks fine. I don't think there's an issue again with the injury. It's just timing. It's just comfortability in the pocket. He ran at the wrong times. He escaped the pocket and looked. I mean, not that his legs were affected. He just he's off. It's it's a uh, What is it? Uh, Mental clock? What's the word for that? Internal clock. Internal clock. Yes, correct. So that's what's off right now. And I think, you know, division game against the 49ers. Don't be shocked if the Seahawks come out and win. 49ers don't have the cornerbacks to cover DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. And we've seen Gerald Everett get more involved. And Fred Warner is out. That's their best coverage linebacker. I think we should expect to see win and maybe a bounce back from their offense. Maybe this is a, you know, not a revenge game, but a um, a get right game against yeah. a division opponent.
1: I've got Lockett over Metcalf this week. Uh, I hope I don't have too much recency bias, but I do. Um, I, maybe it's because I have so much exposure to Metcalf that is, he, he was a priority for me. I thought that, you know, this is a, unbreakable guy, you know, he, this is a guy that, you know, he, he can be a little bit quarterback proof and that's not the case. He, he's been really frustrating this year. And maybe I'm just kind of reacting to that a little bit too much.
2: Yeah. Looking at Gino Smith, as you mentioned before, where you're more comfortable with him, it's because Gino force fed him because he's, he's a one read quarterback. His read was DK Metcalf. That's why Lockett wasn't fed. That's why everyone else kind of uh, dwindled yep. down while Metcalf, you know, yeah, it sustained. He had a couple touchdown games. Uh, he was getting his targets and, you know, we know what he could do when you get the ball in his hands. That's undeniable. Metcalf's right. amazing. He but should yeah, be I... force fed. You know, he, he should be
1: getting at a floor of eight to 10 targets every week and not wait until the fourth quarter either while we're at it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just awful.
2: Awful. Yeah. He'll be fine though. He'll be yeah. fine.
1: All right. Well, I hope you're right. Cause I'm stuck. I got to play him. I'm not, it's not, yeah, I wouldn't use him in DFS, but I'm going to play him elsewhere there. A uh, couple other wide receivers to discuss this week. Stephon Diggs going up against uh, the Pats. You know, Diggs is fine. Nothing wrong with him, but it's the Pats, and the Pats are noted for taking away your best option. That's what Belichick is known for doing. Kind of joke last week. Who did they take away when with Tennessee when they when Tennessee had nobody? Oh, they just took away Tannehill, basically. Uh, but this week, if Diggs faces all sorts of special coverage, how confident are you in him being able to produce?
2: I mean, it's Stephon Diggs. As much as you're wary of that top option being taken out, how sure are we that it isn't Josh Allen that they try to take out or his rushing and mm-hmm. try to force him to throw? Maybe go like you know heavy on the coverage. I I, I have a hard time doing anything with Diggs that would be of like or like unordinary. You you're gonna throw him out there. You're not gonna bench Diggs if he gets 12 points instead of 18. Big whoop. To me, it's like he's still right. produced. Maybe he could get a touchdown. And even if he doesn't, he should be targeted heavily. Um, yeah, I mean, Matt Breida, hey, look, they might have a run game now. So there might be another facet to this offense that kind of opens things up. Uh, Patriots are obviously riding a high. The Bills are kind of on a lull right now, even though I believe they won their last game. It's just, I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about Diggs. Like, he'll be fine. Okay.
1: Okay. Good. Uh,
3: yeah, I and I kind of
1: agree with you cuz I've got him at 6 in my rankings this week. So I never I it's not top 3 like I often have him, but it's still not not that far low. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I I'm, I'm with you on that one there. Uh Michael Pittman had a rough game against Tampa Bay last week. Really if you if you notice like one, the the last interception by Wentz, Pittman just got beat to the ball by Winfield. Winfield made a hell of a mm-hmm. play on it there, but Pittman had two like two drops. He you know, he had that play, it just he seemed off and I think he's a stud, but I'm a little worried. Like, was there something off on this game? Is he playing hurt? Is there something we don't know about or is that just a one-off?
2: It felt like a one-off. They, they threw it to him 10 times. They were forcing it to him. Um, Wentz did look good last week until like later in the game when uh, Tampa really put their foot on the pedal. Mm-hmm. But overall, uh, Pittman looks fine. Like, he was getting open in the middle of the field. Uh, downfield is where he did struggle. And it's not like he has burner speed. Uh, if you do double right. cover him, he could be stopped. Uh, you, what you want him for is getting him the ball in the middle of the field and letting him produce some yak. Um, Pittman, again, like, he had, I think it was, what, nine points last week in PPR? I believe it was, like, four catches, 53 yards or so. Pittman was fine. Like, I mean, you're not mad if you started him. You're just a little disappointed. And this week against Houston, Houston's pass defense is sneaky good, but they don't have the guys to cover a Michael Pittman. Uh, right. Maybe they can make it rough for Wentz, and Wentz doesn't have the game everybody expects him to, because they're probably just going to give it to Taylor most of the time anyway. But for the sake of Pittman, maybe he houses one, and he gets your nut that way. But overall, yeah, I'm not worried about Pittman. It, he's right. been too good all year. A little bit of a a down week or two isn't going to kill us.
1: Not so bold prediction. The Colts do not go 25 plays without giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they don't They don't have a stretch like that again.
2: <laughs> I don't know how we feel about that one. I'm kidding. Yeah.
1: That was just, oh, I, I get it. You're going against the Bucs, and the going was a little tough early on, but my God, he is easily your best player. All this talk about MVP talk, and then you don't give him the ball. Just, just crazy.
2: He did struggle, though, early on in the game. It was in the fourth <clears throat> quarter when he really did turn up, and yep. – you know, I don't mind them kind of like switching things up as long as they go back to him, but that was a lot of plays.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, the Denver passing game has been, you know, we have these great wideouts, or at least we think they're great wideouts. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, even Tim Patrick. But it, it just it hasn't the production hasn't been there. I know Sutton Sutton managers are super frustrated at this point in time, and I get it there. I and but is there any hope, especially matchup against KC, which Previously looked like an awesome matchup lately. It hasn't looked as awesome last four weeks for the KC defense, but what are you expecting out of Judy? What are you expecting out of Sutton this week? There we go. We got you back. Yeah, um, sorry about that. No problem. Um, I, I thought you were deep in thought. You were like.
2: <laughs> imagine. No, that would be fun.
1: Uh, so what are you expecting out of Sutton and Judy this week against Casey?
2: That's the thing because Casey's defense looks good. Yeah. At least the last four weeks, last month. Let's call it the last month. They've really tightened up. Melvin Gordon's addition on the edge has been a just a revelation because they moved Chris Jones back in. Yep. Uh, Melvin, Melvin, Ingram, sorry, did I say Melvin Gordon? I meant Melvin Ingram.
1: Yep, I, I've done it before myself. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, because they both played on the Chargers. I always mess them up. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> adding him, he's a good edge rusher. Um, for some reason, he didn't fit on Pittsburgh. Uh, they were trying to replace Bud Dupree, but yeah, he's still good. Um, the Cornerbacks, they have Jerry Sneed, Charverius Ward, uh, Rashawn Fenton, I believe. Uh, they, they have some good play, like uh, average to above average players. They don't really mm-hmm. have superstars on defense. I guess Honey Badger, but he's been lackluster at times. Right. Overall, Casey, like they were missing a piece and having Chris Jones play outside really did ruin things, kind of skewed our, um, our perception early in the season. I agree. Now, I'm starting the Casey defense this week. I, I think uh, the biggest issue with Denver's passing game is Teddy Bridgewater and his inability to like command the field. Like he's accurate, but he, he's inconsistent. He is very, he plays scared and mm-hmm. that's kind of the biggest issue. So do I think the pass catchers can have a good game? Yes. If Casey takes commanding commanding lead early on and they kind of soften up the defense, I mean, I I'd be throwing out the running backs. I, I, even though the defense is improved, like I'd be comfortable with Javante or Melvin Gordon, assuming Gordon's healthy. I believe he dealt with something, but uh, man, uh, if you have Judy, if you have Sutton and their reflex, I don't mind. Even though Judy has struggled coming back from the high ankle sprain, like he's been rough.
1: Yeah, he has. And I know, I know that I've got him in my dynasty league and I've just been frustrating watching that. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, Pretty lukewarm on him. I think I got Judy at 28 and Sutton at 33. It's kind of a borderline guy there. Uh, yeah, again, but, flex. That's yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. Kendrick Bourne scored twice last week. Has really started getting that circle of trust for Mac Jones. No Tredavious White for Buffalo. Uh, so even though Buffalo has been awesome defensively most of the year, this is a pretty tough it, – it's a tough call now because we don't know how that that one Jenga piece taken out is going to affect the entire defense. What do you think about uh, Bourne? What do you think about Mac
2: Jones this week? Okay, Bourne is so tough to gauge week in and week out because they're like he was consistently consistently getting like four targets a game, right. and we know touchdowns are unreliable. You remember? Do you remember the the touchdown last week where he just he just ran all over the field, ran to the sideline, and housed it? Yeah, that's not something that's going to happen every week. It's not like he's not getting repeatable, targeted. really. Yeah, I I mean I wish I have him in a couple of leagues. I'm starting right. him in Scott Fishbowl, so you know, hopefully like that was amazing two touchdowns, but um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, again, he's a flex consideration moving forward. Buffalo, the number one pass defense, as much as Tradavius white, uh, a number one cornerback in the league hurts mm-hmm. is the number one quarterback cornerback really shadowing Kendrick Bourne as good as he's been. I'd probably be moving around staying on one side of the field, if anything, guarding right. like whoever's on that. And I mean, if you get four catches for 50 yards from Bourne. That's probably the expectation, right? I'm not expecting him to go off. Like he has every, week in week out because he's what wide receiver 15 since week three, something crazy. No.
1: Yeah. it's And that's the thing is, you know, and he was still widely available in a lot of in leagues uh, going into this week. That's the thing that's pretty amazing about that too. And, you know, available and certainly not started anywhere. That's that's So it's, but, well, you know, if you started Kendrick Bourne, you're in a deep league. You're you're in fishbowl. You're in something like that. Um, there's a lot of places he was still out there.
2: Yeah, I'm um, yeah, he should be rostered across the board. There's no doubt about it. It's mm-hmm. just that starting decision. I guess the number one pass defense. I'd be very wary again. Deep league. You have to do it like no, no sweat. But if you're making a start sit decision between him and like a locket, let's say, or whomever else in that sort of name but hasn't produced range i'd I'd go with the name
1: all right there you go uh we're gonna move on a little bit here but first a note from our friends at thrive thrive is back for another season of fantasy football and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this nfl season with thrive fantasy you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game sign up today and get a free six-month rotowire subscription here's how you claim your free rotowire subscription One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And three, plan your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. It's just that easy.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Big thanks to Thrive. Big thanks to our Blue Wire Network sponsors. Uh, I am here with the roto surgeon, Kev Maserajan. You can catch him on the operating room, catch him at Rotoballer and the Game Day NFL. Uh, let's talk about the things that you're doing, Kev. Uh you've been how long have you been doing the operating room?
2: Operating room is going on for just over a year now. We just uh, hit 5,000 downloads, which uh, over like 60 or so episodes is very, uh, I'm very proud of. It's just, you know, it's my show. I don't do it with a co-host. I have my guests on like, you know, like you mentioned, you were on a few months ago for baseball season, I believe. Um, yeah. it, it It's a very rewarding thing to have something to do weekly like this and just talk fantasy sports with cool guys in the industry, uh, friends, whomever else it may be. Yeah, no, it comes out weekly. We're moving on to fantasy baseball, and that's very exciting because there's nothing I like more than discussing drafts. Like it, yeah. the in season is more of a grind. It, not to not to diss mid season, but there's no really no one really being offended. But um, draft season for anybody uh, talking about draft boards, talking about uh, player movement, that's where that's where um, my juices get flowing really. But uh, yeah, the yeah. operating room over just over a year, and you know, look, it's over on the roadball Radio Network. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Wherever, um, wherever podcasts are available, you can go listen there. Rate review on Apple Podcasts. I'd really appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. So, what prompted you to start this podcast? Like, what what made you think that? Okay, hey, I want to have this my voice out there. What 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 pushed you into doing this?
3: Well,
2: if you do follow me on Twitter, you know I'm. Um, I do like putting my opinion out there occasionally. No. And due to <laughs> no, no, yeah. So, um, as much as I enjoy doing that, uh, with, when I'm with my friends, um, I grew up you know, we'd pretend we were on sports center. We'd pretend in class, like we were talking sports all the time. My buddies would call me for like, I had a, I had a friend who'd take up like our landline. Like my mom would be pissed because he was calling me and we'd be talking hockey. And like, yep. I don't really do hockey now, but we'd be talking about the Kings or something. And just mm-hmm. for like an hour or two, I grew up talking sports just for fun. And now to do it as kind of a profession of sorts, it, it's very rewarding. Um, I love talking about numbers and just, you know, learning more because you know talking to you, talking to anybody uh, who is in the know of sorts, I learned something new I didn't have, and I don't know why. It's just it's what keeps me going every day. It's just I love learning about sports and I love talking about sports.
1: Absolutely, that's why we all do. We all like games and we love sports. You know that that, that intersection is so nice, uh, and it's fine. It's it's great when we meet our our kindred spirits out there, if you will.
2: Yeah. I didn't know this existed. I'm not even going to lie. When I was in college, I didn't know this world existed of like fantasy sports or like. It's probably like for the best that you didn't.
1: You you had a hard time getting through college, right?
2: Because uh, there's plenty of other
1: distractions <laughs> as it is.
2: I made it. I got my degree. I'm not I'm not sweating nice. anymore. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Where'd no, you? I'm very um, very pleased with uh, the outcome that's come Where'd up. Where'd you by, go to school? Uh, of um, I'm a Trojan man, so went to okay. USC graduated in 2017 so i'm a little I'm, I'm not too young but i'm yeah it's uh it feels like it feels like ages ago i'm not even gonna lie what do you think
1: about your new coach
2: oh god don't get me started on lincoln riley okay well i mean we're seeing him already bring in recruits so mm-hmm. we're talking you know us i don't want to say USC's back because we saw the whole we saw what happened to texas when they brought in, did, that's like, so Tom funny that's the
1: first thing i said when you said back i'm like Texas is back The The on, their ongoing joke about that. But uh, that's so funny.
2: Yeah. But you look at what happened to USC throughout the early 2010s. That kind of tanked them was the sanctions. Mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't get all of their um, all their signings. They were limited. Uh, players probably didn't want to go because of the reputation. Pete Carroll, like, just kind of just like packed his bags and was like, I'm going to Seattle. And then it's like we were held w- up with like Lane Kiffin who got left on the tarmac. who's an alcoholic um not not to say and there's you know not to reprimand him for that but like that whole thing came about while he was at usc and it it really does set an organization uh the university back or the football team back because it's like okay now what it's like he's in front of the boosters uh drunk off his ass and now what does that show to the world so usc's just had these weird situations over the past decade decade plus with since the reggie bush scandal which how much of a scandal was that? We're seeing oh, the NIL letters now. So
1: yeah. It's just he was at the wrong time. And it just it yeah. exposes the NCAA for what it is, which is, you know, we could go down that rabbit hole for a long time yeah. about that. You know, Pendergast wasn't a recruiter when he was the DC, and though know, Helton was not a really good recruiter. You look at the recent recruiting rankings. Now with all their scholarships, they weren't they weren't recruiting well. You know, I think they were like second to last in the Pac-12, I think, last year's class. In terms of like recruiting rankings, it was really surprisingly, shockingly poor.
2: Here's the thing: they get one top prospect, like an Imon Marshall, an Elijah Griffin. A uh, they had a Damani Jackson, but he uh, decommitted. Now he might recommit because of Lincoln Riley. Knock on yeah. wood. Hopefully, he comes back. But they'd get that one top prospect, and then it would just be a quarterback or two quarterbacks, and then just zero depth. They'd maybe yeah. get a guard. They'd get an, uh, they'd get athletes. That was the big thing with USC. They would get so many wide receivers and cornerbacks, but they couldn't create pressure. They couldn't block. And it's like, you know, the forefront of football is are the trenches. Yep. We didn't have those for years. We had maybe one good offensive line, and that was the Rose Bowl year with Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold was barely a prospect. I mean, he was a prospect, but he wasn't like a big name. It was supposed to be Max Brown. So we lucked into Sam Darnold at the time, and that was you know, that might have turned out to be a fluke with how things have worked out in the, um, the NFL. I'll but. tell you what, you remember
1: the, uh, the I think it was the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State uh, where Darnold was running for his life the entire game in that game. That was like a little window into what his NFL career was going to look like, where, you know, he's good mm-hmm. when things are going right. But you put a little bit of pressure on him and it's, it's kind of a fire drill. And yeah, he, he's not calm under pressure.
2: Yeah, my uh, my excuse at the time was our offensive line ranked, I think, in the bottom thirty in the NCAA. Yeah. So it wasn't just I mean, and Ohio State was freaking Ohio State. I believe they had exactly. Chase Young and I believe a Bosa brother at one of the Bosa brothers at the time. Right. So I was like, look, we have premier edge rushers, uh their cornerbacks. Who do they have? I I'm blanking on their cornerbacks right now, but they had I think Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore, so a cornerback uh, one or two. So like, you
1: know, Denzel Ward, I think maybe. Yeah, had, yeah. Yeah, so they, I was like,
2: he's—it's unfair.
1: Yeah, they had legit, but- legit talent. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. What? So yeah, it, it should—it should work out pretty well. Uh, what's uh, what's the, what's one thing that you've done here uh, through, when you have joined this industry that you enjoy the most? Is it doing the podcast? Is it playing in the expert leagues? What what thing do you like the most about the fantasy football industry or fantasy sports? Because I know you do baseball too, and you did great in TGFBI for instance this year.
2: Oh yeah. TGFBI was very good to me. Um, unfortunately I didn't win, but placing like top five or six, I forgot. I don't remember, but, um, was very rewarding because it feels like, you know, up against the best of the best. I performed pretty well. And not to say like, that makes me better, but it shows that like, I can have my years and I felt like to a degree I belonged. And that made me, you know, you feel good. Yeah. You know, you can't say anything against that. Do
1: you feel but your, uh, uh, analysis is better in baseball or football? What do you think? What's your strength?
2: I mean, that's the problem. Like football feels so random mm-hmm. at times. It's like, I've, I had a league where I had Derek Henry, I had, and then my draft picks were like Juju and DJ chart. Like, what can you do if you lose three of your first seven picks like that? Yeah. Nothing. Stop. And you're so and baseball, at least you could pick up pitchers off the waiver wire weekly that can give you near ACE performances. You can't do that with football. So, um, I feel like baseball takes more skill. And not to say I'm better in it, but like, I'm better at managing baseball in season that I'm with football because football's just touchdowns are so random at times right. that um, I'm not going to say, but uh, going back to what's more rewarding, just to circle back to that. Yeah. Uh, not to, you know, not to give a corny answer, like the community, but the group chats, I'm in so many group chats with fellow writers, with people just, or maybe even one-on-one DMs I have with people who are, who have just made like friends I've made through the industry. So right. You know, as much as I front on um, on the uh, timeline sometimes, and like you know, like I'm, I'm I'm having my takes. I'm asking questions. I'm learning. I'm again like learning about sports is what I cherish most, and it, because it does make my analysis better. I've said this before: iron sharpens iron. That's not like my ta- that's not my um, uh, that's not something I've made up, but you know what I mean. It's right. It, it's the best thing to have just a group of 20, 30 guys in a roto or group chat. Let's say that we're all communicating in game throughout the week when news breaks out and we're all giving our opinions and learning from each other and you know maybe a stat gets thrown out that i wouldn't have looked at before so that's that's the most rewarding thing
1: awesome very cool you ready to take some uh listener questions shoot all right uh matt is in a vampire league asks uh who he won so he gets to take someone from their team who would you rather take he's got he's got russell wilson at qb would you take mahomes or would you take fournette in a great match against atlanta
2: Would I take Mahomes or Fournette?
1: Yeah, take Mahomes to upgrade over Wilson or take Fournette, who you know you're going to start as an elite running back because you get to take from some of these roster.
2: Oh, okay. I'd stick with Wilson and I'd start Fournette. I think that's what I do because I think Wilson has a good week this week.
1: Yeah. Have you ever played a Vampire League?
2: No, that is foreign to me. I haven't played a guillotine league and I haven't played a Vampire League.
1: So I'm in my first guillotine league this year and I've been – the second to last guy every single week. It's great. You know, I, you know, if you look at total points, I'm well behind the other three guys, other two guys that are still alive. Uh, but Hey, all, all you have to do is not be last every single week. And uh, so we're down to the final three in that one. It's fun. Uh, I'm enjoying that concept, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I think I, I got pretty lucky. I blew a lot of my fab, but now that there's only three of us, you get these $0 bids. Anyhow, I still win all these guys. So it's still fine. Yeah. But no, uh, I've, uh,
2: that's, that's that's my next step, maybe, in fantasy. For now, I'm sticking with my typical redraft in some dynasty leagues. All
1: right. Uh, Julia asks, if you have to keep one guy only for next year, uh, for rest of season, I should say, not next year, for this year, uh, Ramondre Stevenson or Melvin or, or uh, Mark Ingram? Not Melvin, Mark Ingram.
2: That's tough. Because with Alvin Kamara's injury, I think I, I'm too wary I'm going to take Ingram because with Ramondre, we've seen how much they're using Brandon Bolden. If mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara is out, Mark Ingram's is the guy. And Mark Ingram, I think he's 15 in the NFL in rushing yards this year. And he looked good as a receiver with uh, the Saints a few weeks ago. So he still has some juice. I yeah, think I I'd stick with Ingram. I would too. Uh, Smokey the Cat
1: asks, do we play Pollard on Thursday or wait out and see if uh, uh, Henderson can play on Sunday? Remember, he picked up a little bit of a quad injury against the Packers last week. Uh, and he would have Sony Michelle to play uh, otherwise there. Would you or Would you just go ahead with Pollard and not worry about it?
2: I'd take the Rams running back. I don't care which one it is. I'm starting them against the Jaguars. Jaguars rush defense is sneaky. Good. Uh, They are. Yeah. They're 14th. Their pass defense is 32nd, 14th still is against the Rams against the Rams offensive line. They're a get right game for them. I'd be going with the Rams running back and just bench Pollard, figure out what they're going to do with Zeke later. Pollard, pro- I, I mean, you mentioned you had Zeke pretty high in your rankings. I mean, I think I'd take Pollard over Zeke this week. Would you really? Straight up. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, just.
1: Yeah, I, I have him at 11. I guess I could. And I have Pollard at like around 25 or so. Uh, I'll, I might, I do one update on Thursday. So when I go through that, I might revisit that one more time and maybe I'll, maybe I'll adjust that accordingly. But, uh, I'm, I'm having a tough time parsing, uh, you know, the Pravda of the Jerry Jones and all that, uh, just that, 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 what, what's going on through Dallas, but maybe I'll, I'll flip flop that. We'll see.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, no, it's uh 'cause cause yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, what do you got going on in the operating room this week? Who do you got coming on the show? Oh.
2: Well, I just had Casey Bubba, uh, Brian Antkin, a uh, yep. uh, fellow rota baller, host of the Bench with Bubba podcast. He just came on for our first fantasy baseball show as we discussed Saw fantasy that. baseballs coming back. Yeah, we did. Uh, we're gonna do. I mean, we did all of the offseason signings up to that point. Um, I think Javier Baez was the most recent signing that we didn't cover, but we got Corey Seager live with some live nice. reactions to Corey Seager. That was fun. And then today at 1 PM, I'm having uh, Josh Larky uh, from uh player profile or Roto underworld. Um, very smart guy. He's a sky is a, he's a He's a rocket in the fantasy football industry right now. And you um, know he's big in analytics, going to have him on. He came on earlier in the season to discuss breakouts. We're going to recap those breakouts along with some late season guys and 2022 guys who were delayed from their 2021 breakout. So that's coming up today. I believe it should be out later today, even though the pod's at one.
1: Awesome. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So very cool. Kevin, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate you coming on. It's good to get to know you a little bit more.
2: Definitely, Jeff. I'm glad we have our little back and forth on Twitter here and there, but uh, always talking face-to-face is uh, it just always fun. I appreciate you having me on the show. Make sure to go follow me at Rotosurgeon on Twitter. That's where you know most of my work is just stream of consciousness on Twitter. That's yep. it. So if you're looking for my opinions, follow me on Twitter, please.
1: All right. Follow them at Rotosurgeon. Big thanks to uh, Winbet for their sponsorship. Coming up tomorrow, we got John and Mario as always on Thursdays. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. Have a great day.
3: MyPatriotSupply.com